My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. We have a really exciting guest coming on today, Nicole Kramer. You know, she's the CEO of her multi-six-figure company, Healthy Steps with Nicole, whose team members are dedicated to its sole mission to make the world a healthier place place through selling and serving. She's also the host of Healthy Steps with Nicole podcast. Super excited to have you on today, Nicole. How's it going? Thank you. It's going great. I'm really happy to be here, Brittany. Good, good. I'm, it's such a pleasure having you. So I'm really excited for today's um, discussions we're going to have. We're going to have so many takeaways we'll go over the wins, what's working, some of the challenges along the way. And, you know, conversation within that alone will just be, will be great for our listeners and myself. So super pumped. But before we dive in, would you mind going ahead and just taking us back through a little bit of your journey and and telling us what it took to get to where you are today? Yeah. Well, that's such a loaded question because as you know, it's never a straight, it's never a straight line, right? Never. Um, it's always funny because looking back, you can always see the through line, but when you're when you're in it, like you don't always know what the, you know, what the next step is. And I started right. as a high school teacher. And so I did that for I taught high school math for 15 years and then decided I wanted to challenge myself. And I thought the world of sales sounded really fun. I had a lot of friends who were in sales and I thought, okay. this sounds like a game. Let me try it. And I really just wanted to be number one. That's, that was my goal. I'm a very competitive person. I played sports in college. And so I thought that sounded really cool to play this game called sales and be number one. And I did it. So after, you know, a very short period of time, I had become the top salesperson in my company in the nation and did that for a couple of years, actually. And, um, then realized I felt called towards the world of health and wellness. I was a, a certified health coach at that point. And so I really wanted to jump into entrepreneurship and I was really passionate about it. What I didn't realize is what my role would be in that. I thought I would be a full-fledged health coach. And it turns out a lot of health coaches needed help with sales. And because I had spent so many years being um, at the top of my company in sales, I had a skill that a lot of health coaches needed. And it felt really exciting to me to know that I was helping them get their message out there in a bigger way and connect with more people who could use their services. So I officially became a sales coach for health and wellness coaches, which like I said, it's never a straight line. Um, but it was my way of being a health coach, right? Like I had something that a lot of health coaches were using to hold themselves back from doing their work. They didn't want to do sales and it was the hurdle that was in the way. So I said, let me help you. Cause this is, uh, this is my jam. So that's how the sales coach in me was born. That is incredible. And so as of right now, you know, talk us, talk to us a little bit more about, I know you touched on what you're doing and what you're up to and how you got there, but would you mind just diving in exactly at where you're at in the business right now? And, you know, maybe talk about the services uh, that you provide and how you deliver them. Yeah. So it has definitely evolved over the years. Um, when I started my business in 2018, it was, um, a lot different than it is now. So I am now a certified exactly what to say guide. So in addition to being a sales coach, my main emphasis is really sales conversations and helping people okay. with their discovery calls, helping people get more conversions by knowing exactly what to say. So I teach them phrases, 
um, how to approach the conversation. So what I'm really excited about now is helping people feel comfortable and confident that they do know what to say in order to handle those conversations so that they're getting more of the outcomes that they want. And it feels ethical and it feels good that they're really helping people by inviting them into the opportunity to work with them. So that's my main focus now is teaching people how to improve their sales conversations. Incredible. Uh, I love it. You know, and I know that you mentioned exactly what to say to close more deals in the application. And that's something that you obviously are very amazing at based on yeah. what you're doing. Would you mind diving into that and, and telling our, our listeners a little bit about that and how to figure out exactly what to say to close more deals? Yeah. So before I even would offer anybody phrases or anything to use, I like to cover the four cornerstones of what makes great conversations. And mm -hmm. because it's not just um, here, say this phrase and it always works, right? It's not a game of pairs. Like when somebody says this, you always say this and it works. It's really your approach to the conversation. It's your energy. It's your confidence in the conversation. So the four cornerstones, I'll cover them briefly. The first one is the worst time to think about what you're going to say is the moment that you're saying it. So essentially, you want to look at what are the common objections that you get in your conversations? What are the conversations that you have quite often on repeat that are critical conversations? And when you're looking ahead at what's coming up in your world, at what you're faced with quite often, then you're able to start coming up with a plan and an approach for how to handle those conversations. So the worst time to think about what you're going to say is the moment you're going to say it. So put in some work ahead of time into what conversations do I need to be prepared for? What objections do I need to be prepared for? The second cornerstone is curiosity is the tool that you have to show someone that you care. And when you approach with certainty in conversations, it can be a turnoff. It can create sales friction. Nobody wants to be told what to do. But when you approach a conversation with curiosity and you're helping the other person become aware of their needs by asking really good questions, what you're doing is you're showing them that you care. And what people want more than anything is to be cared about. They want to feel seen and heard and they want to be cared about. And when you approach with curiosity, that's really what you're doing. You're getting them to talk. You're getting them to share. You're staying curious and learning about their needs. And curiosity is what really dances you into the third cornerstone, which is empathy. Once you've taken the time to stay curious, once you've asked really great questions to truly and fully understand the person, their needs, their pain, that leads you into really understanding them and being relatable. So empathy, I like to say this definition, it's by a man named John Acuff. Empathy is caring about what the people you care about care about. So when you're staying curious, you're asking good questions, you're really taking the time to get to know them, then you have that empathy. You care about what that person is feeling and thinking. And what's most important about this cornerstone is that people make decisions for their reasons, not yours. Right. And your job is to uncover those reasons, uncover the need that they have and show them that you really know them and understand them. And then the fourth cornerstone is the person in control of the conversation is the person asking the questions. So one of the things that you really want to be prepared for in your conversations is to ask really great questions. So you want to have those questions prepared ahead of time. That goes back to cornerstone number one, right? The worst time to think about what you're going to say is the moment you're going to say it. So how can you be prepared with great uh, questions to ask? Because the questions are where all of your power is. And ultimately, when you've taken the time to stay curious, when you've built that empathy in the conversation, then you also have the courage 
to ask some of the challenging and hard conversations that will inevitably come up in a sales conversation. So those are the four cornerstones that you wanna keep in mind when you're approaching your conversations. And like I said, it's more about your confidence and your energy in the conversation. And your job is to show up and lead the other person in the conversation. And the way you do that is by asking really good questions. This is all so incredible. I love it. The objections, curiosity, empathy, control of the conversation. It all ties in together, right? So love it. I love it. So going back to the business and where you're at, you know, we talked about some of the wins that's, I mean, you're doing something you're passionate about and you're really amazing at your what you're doing. And you know that there's a lot of wins, but to get to those next levels that you have achieved, what are some of the biggest challenges that you had to overcome? First and foremost, more than anything else, mindset. I would say 95% of entrepreneurship is uh, mindset work because it's all coming down to what you believe and what you're willing to believe based on maybe what you, you know, have believed up to this point. So there's a lot of limiting beliefs to kind of work through. Um, I think that's probably the biggest challenge, at least for me and everybody that I've coached is really the mindset game, right? Because strategy, tactics, all of that. I mean, anything's going to work if you work it. And what you need to work more than anything is your own mind. And the willingness to evolve and expand and grow is really, really important, especially in the entrepreneurial world. So I would say that was probably, especially initially, one of my biggest challenges and has continued to be the biggest area of opportunity for me in order to get to those next levels each time. I have a saying that you know a friend shared with me a couple of years ago, new level, new devil. Yeah. Because as you, have you heard that one? As oh, you, yeah. so as you true. <laughs> grow, you're going to come up against those edges. You're going to come up against some of those things that are going to really be confronting and, and, you know, push into some of your beliefs, push into some of your limitations. And really the only thing that's ever holding you back from what you want to do is you and whatever you're believing in that moment. So you have to be willing to question things and challenge things that may be long held beliefs, maybe things that you assumed and, and um, accepted as factual that actually aren't factual. So I think that's been the most um, biggest area for opportunity and the most rewarding area for me on my journey as an entrepreneur. Incredible, yeah, I think mindset is huge, number one. Once you can get your mindset on track, everything will fall into place later on, right? Or as it goes. So, you know, those limited, limiting beliefs and, you know, the fear of failure and all those things. If you're working on your mindset, that'll change everything. So yeah. I'm really glad yeah. we, we touched on that uh, today. So tell me a little bit about your, you know, your podcasts and your intentions behind it. When did you start it? And um what is your next focus with it? Yeah, it's it's interesting because my podcast has kind of a fun story and how it was um, born into my world. And it, I always say it kind of happened on accident. So I was very clear as a beginning entrepreneur that the big question is WTF, where to focus, right? Because in order to really gain traction, in order to really grow, you have to focus really on growing one thing. And, and if you spread yourself too thin, you're trying to do too many things and then nothing really gets done. So my goal was to really focus on my one-on-one -on -one, um, coaching. I did a lot of private coaching when I first started out and I wanted to really get good at bringing consistent clients in. So I wasn't willing to 
do a bunch of other different things because I knew it was going to spread me thin. And so the idea of a podcast always excited me, but I wasn't willing to do it until I really had things going strong with um, building my business. And so what I also did in order to really help me grow and build community was I started interviewing experts. And I did that inside of my private Facebook group. So once a week, I would interview a guest expert and I was in a bunch of different networks and coaching groups. So I had access to a lot of really amazing women that I wanted to bring in and highlight and showcase. And after doing that for about six months, I recorded all of them. They were amazing interviews. They were amazing conversations. And what I knew is I'm a sales expert. I'm not an expert in all areas of business. So as I was bringing these women in to speak to my group, they had expertise in other areas of business that I knew would be really valuable for my community, which, like I said, helped me grow the community, helped me provide even more value and helped me network and make even you know better connections. After about six months of doing that, somebody said to me, what are you going to do with all these recordings? I said, well, I don't know, maybe I'll make a podcast out of it. And I kind of said it jokingly. And then I heard myself say that out loud. And I went, maybe I'll make a podcast out of it. And then it was like, why, why wouldn't I? Because one of the things that I always thought about a podcast is I didn't want to ever feel under the gun and, and under a lot of pressure to put that next episode out. I wanted to have right. some back episodes and some things that wouldn't make me feel that pressure week to week. And when I realized I had six months of essentially batched podcast episodes, I thought this could be really cool. So I reached out to a friend. I said, who's your podcast editor? And, um, she put me in touch with her and back in September of 2020, I started, you know, putting down the plans and laying the groundwork for my podcast. And I've long said it's the easiest part of my business. And it goes back to the mindset thing that, that we were talking about before I didn't have, I wasn't attached to any specific outcome. I already had so many episodes batched. I knew that they were great. I knew that I had had phenomenal guests and I thought this is so much value. Let's just put it out in the world. Let's have fun with it. I allowed it to be fun from the get-go and therefore it was, and it turned out to be very, very successful because of that. So it, it really was, and, and still is one of the easiest parts of my business. And I loved that. I always had those episodes batched. What I really enjoyed about it so much was the opportunity to find the guests because that meant I got to connect with women. I got to meet new women and, and it wasn't always women. I have interviewed women and men, you know, people in business that I knew would bring value to my community. And I really enjoy people. I really enjoy connecting with people. And so that was the part that I think really just made it fun and, and easy for me to have a, a podcast. And I had an amazing team still do have an amazing team that, um, allowed me to be the one who found the guests, interviewed the guests. And then I didn't have to touch anything from the interview until when it was actually out and ready to be, um, you know, put, put out into the world. And so that part felt really fun and easy to me too, because I got to do the parts that I liked about it and then promoting it was always really fun. I love it. Yeah. You know, it's it, the art and letting go and not worried about an income or an income, not worried about the outcome, not being attached to what the outcome might be and how everything like, it's almost like just surrendering, surrendering, having fun and see how everything plays out. And usually that's like for yourself. And I know many others who just aren't uh, attached to the outcome. That's when things start happening. That's when things start becoming more successful. That's when you really grow. Right. So taking that leap of faith and not worrying about the, uh, the outcome is huge. It's yeah. huge. Well, and it's something that I said before, and I think for anybody who's listening, who's thinking about starting a podcast, this was a big piece for me. I had very consistent income from my private coaching part of my business. 
So there was never, I didn't put pressure on the podcast to have to do anything for me. I didn't put pressure on it to like, I didn't make myself want to monetize it or feel that need to right away. It was literally another way to essentially provide value to my community, which turned out to be a great lead gen opportunity because for me to promote it and put it out in the world meant people were getting great value from me. They came and found me on, in my Facebook group and on my Instagram and connected with me. So it was really fun because like I said, I had consistent income in my business before I actually started putting energy and focus into my podcast. And that made it enjoyable because I didn't have to white knuckle the experience and be like, I hope it works out because if it doesn't, what's going to happen? It was like, I hope it works out because it's really amazing. And if it doesn't, I'll, you know, it's cool. And it ended up being really, really successful. Incredible. I love it. So you mentioned lead gen. So um, tell me about the traffic that you, uh, um, I guess, attract to the podcast. I know it's on hold right now, but um, how do you go about finding this traffic? They go. To, you, you mentioned going to your Facebook page or I mean, is is it like a snowball effect with referrals from the, the experts that you're interviewing or how does that work? Yeah, one of the benefits to having, you know, the, I mean, I did a lot of solo episodes as well, but one of the benefits to having interviews on your podcast is that's another person that a you get to connect with and who knows knows like, listen, I'm, I'm the master of sales conversations and I'm the master of conversations in general. And I know one of the reasons that I love conversations so much going all the way back to even before I was in sales is so many opportunities are created when you start conversations with people. And if you allow the magic to unfold from what can come from a conversation, there's so much there, there's so much opportunity. So for me, that's really, that was a big piece of it is bringing other people on the show meant that they were going to share it with their audience and new people would find their way to me, which I always thought was really exciting because on the other side of it, my people found their way to my guests world, right? When they saw something in some of my guests that they knew that they wanted to, to learn more about, um, they would go find their way to their world. It also opened up the gates for any guest who also had a podcast would say, Hey, why don't you come on my show? So we would do podcast swaps, right? Another great way to do lead gen. So having a podcast in so many different ways was an entry point to my funnel into my world, not just because of my own show, but it then gave me access to getting on other people's shows as well. That's incredible. Uh, it's true. Honestly, the connections are just endless with the podcast and the opportunities and doors that fly open just by having a podcast is absolutely amazing. It's mind blowing, really. And the connections from all over the world. Yeah. Love podcasting. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I actually I know, had me too. Um, a mentor of mine tell me a couple of years ago, before I was ready to actually start a podcast. I have a, a funny story that I'll share. He's, mm-hmm. um, he's, he's my mentor. He's actually the author of the book, exactly what to say. And as you know, I'm an exactly what to say certified guide. So I've recently been certified by him, but I've been working with him now for a couple of years. And before I was ready to start a podcast, I was at a mastermind meeting with him once. And he said, you know, everybody should have a podcast. And when he said that I was a brand, I was still brand new in entrepreneurship. I was still really working that piece of my business to get consistent private clients. And so when he said that, I thought, huh, that's interesting. So I raised my hand. I said, why would you say everybody should have a podcast? And he's because I said, I'm I'm a new entrepreneur. I know that I need to put my focus where I really want to grow things right now. And a podcast feels like it would distract me. And he said, well, podcast gives you access to people that you wouldn't otherwise have access to. And the sales brain in my head went ding, 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 ding. Okay. It's all about finding inroads. It's all about connecting with people. And so when he said that, I thought, okay. And about 20 minutes later, we had a break 
in the day. And I went over to get coffee. He was standing at the table where the coffee was. And I said, Hey, I was wondering if you'd be a guest on my podcast. And he looked at me and he goes, I didn't know you had one. I said, I didn't until about 20 minutes ago. Some really wise man told me that I should have a podcast if I want to connect with really amazing people. And he turned and looked at me. He goes, you're good. I said, so I take that as a yes, you'll be on my show. And he said, yeah, I'll be on your show. So he was one of oh. my, when I launched, when I launched the show, he was one of my first, um, my first four, uh, episodes that, that I put him in. So, so yeah, it was, um, it was really cool that that story came about. Cause that just really pointed out to me how powerful it is to really connect with people. That's incredible. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And I think like you, you mentioned earlier, don't spread yourself too thin. Stop doing all these different things and putting 10% here, 10% there. Focus on one or two things that are really going to drive that revenue to your business and just focus on that. <laughs> Even more than work. that, don't focus just on the things that are, yes, as a business owner, focus on the things that or are things that you enjoy as well, well, but that you enjoy. Exactly. Cause yeah. I, I talk yeah. to a lot of people and they're like, well, I think I should do a podcast because well, if you think you should, then no, if you're lit up about it and it really, if you're excited, that is the energy that you want to follow. But if you're doing it because, you know, cause so many people and listen, as entrepreneurs, we're visionaries. We have a lot of ideas. We have, we want to get our message out right. there, but a lot right. of people are like, I want to write a book and I want to do a podcast and I want to have a YouTube channel and I want to speak on stages and I want to do all those things. I get it. I understand when people are saying that. And you can be a yes for them and know that they're going to happen eventually. Like I'm a yes for buying a home. I'm not ready to buy one right now, but I'm still a yes for it right now. But I know that it right, will happen, right. right? And so I think that's really important for entrepreneurs, especially at the very beginning. You don't need to do all the things all at once. Do the things that light you up and let the follow the breadcrumbs, right? Let that lead the way. Absolutely. Yes. You're so right. Do the things that let you up, that excite you, that you're passionate about. And like you said, the rest will come. So yeah, love it. So tell me a little bit about, you know, your focus right now within the business and with, re, uh, I know you mentioned you were rebranding the podcast. So if you mind, if you don't mind touching on that, I'd love to hear yeah. a little bit more. So I've been a sales coach for, mm -hmm since 2018. I mean, technically before that I was coaching people in my corporate business. Um, and sales has a lot of different pieces and parts to it. Right. And what I've learned through the years of working with my clients is there's a big need for improving sales conversations. So many people, even before I was in exactly what to say certified guide, so many people were coming to me saying, what do I say? What do I say? What do I say? What do I say? So many people had that question. Like, how do I handle the, you know, I need to go check with my partner. How do I handle the objection? Um, I don't know if I can afford it. How do I handle any objection? How, what do I say in a conversation in order to move that person from interest to decision? And when I started to realize, you know, and I'm sure you've noticed this too, Brittany, and, and people listening probably have entrepreneurship means that we are solving a problem for somebody, right? Essentially, if you have a business, it's because your business solves problems. When I started to realize there was a very specific problem and niching down even more would not just benefit my business, but benefit really what people were looking for, then I started to get really specific. So over the last year, that's where I've gone deeper in my niche and really focused on the sales conversations piece of sales. So that means consult calls, discovery calls, um, you know, even, even starting conversations with people, because what I tell my clients all the time, um, is that ultimately questions start conversations, 
conversations lead to relationships, relationships create opportunities, and opportunities are where people take action. So it all starts with having good questions to ask to start conversations because those conversations build relationships. And what I've said for a very long time about my approach with sales and what made me different from the start is it's never been transactional. It's always been relational. Always. It's all about building relationships. And, you know, some people are now buyers. Some people are soon buyers. Some people are later buyers, but we don't control when people are ready to buy. What we can control is the controllables on our end, which means starting quality conversations every day, which means having good questions to ask, building relationships and letting those relationships build and grow to the point where the opportunities present themselves. And so, right. like I said, from a very early start, when I jumped into the corporate world, I came from teaching. And one of the things actually that somebody asked me in my first sales interview, I was so nervous because I was a teacher and my resume literally said nothing but teacher on it. I had no sales experience and I was so nervous going into this interview. And I thought the guy was going to say, Hey, you're just a teacher. He literally did say that at the end of the interview, he said, listen, I got to tell you, you knocked it out of the park. Um, This interview was amazing. You did it. It's an incredible job, but your resume just says teacher. And I'm going to have a hard time hiring you over the 89 internal people who want this position. And like my heart just sank in that moment. But then I said, well, I sold math to high school teenagers for 15 years. And that wasn't an easy sell. And he looked at me, he goes, that's good. That is good. And you know who I said that for Brittany at the time, it just came out of my mouth, but I've never forgotten that statement. And what it meant to me is sales is not transactional. There was no transaction happening between me and those students. It was an exchange of enthusiasm. It was an energy. It was a confidence, right? None of them wanted to do math. They really didn't out of a class of 30 kids, maybe four (laughs) wanted to actually actually enjoyed it. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Like a lot of people are like, math is my least favorite subject. So I did sell math. And when I heard myself say that, I went, oh my God, that's it. It's about building relationships and building that rapport with people. And Mm -hmm. that's the thing that I've said for a very long time. Like whether I was, you know, super successful in sales or just starting out, the thing about sales came down to two things for me. I like building relationships with people and I like helping them solve their problems. And as long as I keep it about that, everything works as long as I make it about building relationships with people and helping them solve their problems. Now that means that I have to instill in myself that confidence and that courage to ask when I see that there's a problem that I might be able to help them with. Right. So some of that, the the skills around sales means we have to develop ourselves. We have to develop our confidence. We have to develop our belief in ourselves. And that goes back to the mindset piece that I was talking about earlier, because it's not a transactional thing. It's a relational thing. And you've got to have that confidence, that, that um, clarity that you have something that can really help people. It's not going to be able to help everybody. And I think that's a really important thing too, whether you're, you know, wherever you're at in your sales journey, what you offer is not for everybody and that's okay. But there are a lot of people who could benefit from it and your ability to make relationships with those people and then present your solution to a problem that is uncovered through you getting to know them better is really what, what it's all about. That's incredible. I love that you mentioned it. It it, it is relationship. I mean, the person that can build the relationship and the rapport and the trust and has the right questions and it's got the confidence along with it. It's going to, it's going to get the sale. 
And it's not about the sale, but it's just the way it usually works, right? If you actually care and if you actually have that relationship, um, it's going to make a world of difference. Yeah. People buy from people and they buy from people that they know, like, and trust, right? If they have a problem and they need a solution for that problem, they're going to pay somebody, right? This was always my mentality when I was in the corporate world, because what I sold All of my competitors sold the same thing. So how could I differentiate myself? Well, I sold me. I sold myself. I didn't try to sell the product that I was selling. I sold myself and the opportunity to help them with a problem. And I believe there's nobody better than me for you to do this with. Like, I'm going to hold your hand through this process. I'm going to make this easy for you. I'm going to make this an easy solution for you. And I think that when we remember people buy from people that they like, that they know, like, and trust. That's why it's so important to build these relationships because they have a problem. They're going to find a solution somewhere. Let yourself be the one that they want to do the solution with because they like you. Absolutely. Yeah. And having that confidence and the belief behind it, knowing that I know I can help them. Mm -hmm. I mean, everyone has to, uh, it has to be a fit for both sides, but if you know already, like, okay, this is the pain point and I can help them Yep. and you believe it, there you go. So the confidence behind it too. Yeah. Love it. So, okay. So that's the focus for the business. And what's the focus with the, the, the podcast for this 2023? I'm not sure when you're up and running it again, but do you have any idea of the, the main focus after you get it up and going again? I do. I don't know the name yet. I don't know. We're still in the rebranding phase of it. Yeah. And I'm allowing myself to really take some time with it. I mean, I went for two years straight, um, actually a little over two years and never missed an episode, never missed a week. Like every week we had two episodes come out without fail. And so part of me didn't want to pause it, but I also knew I wanted to rebirth it in a new way and have it have a new focus. So I'm giving myself the time and space to do that, but what it is going to be focused on is sales conversations specifically. Um, Probably a lot of solo episodes and also combo with um, interviews with other experts in that area. Yeah. I love it. That's exciting. That's exciting. Oh, well, you know what? It has been such a pleasure having you on. I know these episodes are short and I wish they were longer because we're having such a great conversation. Um, But before we jump off, you know, you mentioned earlier about, you know, mindset. And I was just curious if you have any inspiration in regards to mentorship or mindset and how it got, I mean, if you can share that with our listeners a little more than you already have, if you have one last thing to add, please feel free to. Um, invest in support. hundred percent. Don't do this by yourself. You are therapists need therapists, doctors need doctors, coaches need coaches, right? And so ultimately, if you're a business owner, and this is tough, I think, for a lot of new business owners, they don't quite yet have the mentality that businesses need to invest in themselves, not just investing in the business, like paying for your website and paying for the pieces and parts that operate the business, but really invest investing in the person that operates the business, right? And that doesn't just mean strategy wise, get the support that you need for those mindset pieces for, for a lot of the things that you need to work on to help you evolve as a person. I've often said that the journey of entrepreneurship is really a big journey of self-development. 
And so invest in yourself, invest in the support and know that it's not fun to do it alone and you don't have to. And it is going to feel uncomfortable at first, especially if you're a new business owner, it's going to feel like, oh, I need to make money before I invest in myself. Well, you've got to show the universe I'm doing this and I trust myself and I believe in myself enough that this is happening. So I'm going to make the investment before I see the evidence, right? Like a lot of people wait to see it. They're like, well, let me figure this out first. And then I'll start and find a way, find a way, figure out how to get the money, how to, how to do whatever it is that you need to do to invest in yourself. And I would say that's probably the most important piece, whether you're a business owner or not, uh, investing yeah. in yourself is the most important thing you could do. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with you there. And, you know, the confidence comes after the action. So it's like, go get that help and everything's going to yeah, come together. Right. So exactly. Love it. Nicole, this has been absolutely amazing. I'm so happy you were able to, you know, take the time out of your day to jump on my show and add so much value. Um, I really appreciate it. And I, I love what you're doing. Believe in your mission. So this is really great. I just want to thank you again. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. And uh, it was such a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Now, if anyone's looking to connect with you, I mean, uh, what is the best place to go ahead and reach out? Yeah, I'm on Instagram at the Nicole Kramer. And on Facebook, I am also uh, my business page is the Nicole Kramer. And then my personal page is Nicole Kramer. And for any women who are in the health and wellness world who are looking for some sales support, I also have a private Facebook group called Nicole Sales Superstars and would love to connect there as well. Amazing. Thank you so much, Nicole. Appreciate your time. And I loved our conversation. So super exciting for what you have going in the new year. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Brittany. You're welcome. Group, if you're listening and enjoyed, please like and subscribe. If you're a six-figure entrepreneur and want to come on the show, just like our lovely Nicole did today to share a lot of value, talk about your journey, talk about your business and podcast, please go to top100interview.com. We'd love to have you on as well. Thanks so much, you guys. Thanks, Nicole. Catch you on the next one. Hey everyone, I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.